0: Buckle up, because Metro is bringing you the best deal in wireless. Switch to Metro and get your choice of two awesome free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG, with huge HD screens and tons of memory for all your pics and videos. So hurry into Metro and get your awesome free phones only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires porting of eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Limit four per account or household. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.
1: You're listening to, wait, am I an adult now? One of the only podcasts out there that interviews young millennials riding the squiggly line of life. We're your co-hosts, Shelby Wildgust
2: and Savon Picciotto. And together, our mission is to inspire you with stories of millennials just like you who are paving their way in the new creative economy.
1: Our guests are leading epic lives through entrepreneurship, artistry, charity, music, corporate leadership, and so much more. Are you ready to jump in? Let's go.
2: What is up, everybody? We're back with Wait Am I an Adult Now? This is Shelby Wildgust, and this is Savan Picciotto. and of course we have a guest with us. Guest, can you introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Jessie Town, and we are so excited to dive in with Jessie today because Jesse is a special guest who I know from, co- or from not from college, who I know from high school. And Jesse is a Philadelphia sports fanatic. And as you all know, we predominantly interview Philly based entrepreneurs, uh, young millennials, just badasses in general. So to have someone who is not only Philly based, but loves the city of Philadelphia and their sports teams is really exciting really fun and I just can't wait to dive in. I'm looking at
1: Savon's face right now and she, she's just not like a Philly sports fan. I'm a Philly sports fan. I'm just not that well-versed in like knowing everything about the stats and the players. So I'm a little scared.
2: But to be honest, I mean, that's what being, a, you know, a young adult's all about is stepping outside of your comfort zone
1: and... Yeah, I'm ready.
2: Trying to walk the walk and talk the talk when you are blindfolded and walking backwards. So go ahead. Um, but Before we dive into Jessie's story and how she turned... Passion into a position.
1: Let's go over our adulting moments of the week. I'm so ready for this. Okay, well, you (laughs) start off then. All right, so um, I mentioned this in a couple episodes ago, but I did the no drink January thing. Very successfully did not drink throughout the whole month of January. But then three days later, a friend of mine had her 21st birthday. So, of course, you know, I had to drink and I was planning on, like, pacing myself, but then, you know, (laughs) my friends around me were, like, trying to get me drunk, which is not a good combination. So then I was fine throughout the whole night. Like, I knew it was affecting me, but it didn't hit me until, like, the next morning. And we had to get up early to go to this girl's baby shower. And I just was, like, feeling super awful um, and ended up forcing myself to throw up. And um, then we got to the baby shower, still not really feeling that well. And I was just like, yeah, like I cannot be here and like look miserable and not be like talking to anybody this whole time. So I I left and right as I was about to pull out of the parking lot, I was like, no, it's not gonna work. Yeah, so I just like pulled back. Went into like a corner of the parking lot and just threw up again. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty that bad. was one of your
2: moments where you're like, wait, am I actually an adult now? I'm not totally sure. Yeah,
1: you would think you should know like your limit on alcohol at this point. Yeah, but like, jeez, Savannah,
2: you've been like 21 <laughs> seven times over. Again. Exactly. Like, so... what?
1: <laughs> So yeah,
2: it's all good. We've all been there. I'm pretty sure I've shared stories of, of me being there on this podcast. So plenty
1: of them. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> oh, thank you. for reminding me. Um, So I too tried to do the no drink January and, um, I lasted about five days because good work. I, yeah, good work. good work, Exactly. <laughs> and I was so proud of myself that first weekend. Um, my fiance and I had a dinner date planned and the, it was like at a really nice dinner. We had a gift card and everything for like a lot of money so we could have easily balled out and like totally been fine and the um waiter comes over and he offers us like this beautiful bottle of wine because we had told him we just got engaged and he's like it's on us and i was like oh my god and rob was <laughs> like we're doing a dry january and i oh. like, wanted to kick him under the table but i'm like no you're right and then that saturday i also like oh then that saturday we were at another party with an open bar and i still stayed strong And then that Sunday was the Eagles-Bears game, and I was at the Fox and Hound, and I was (laughs) trying to stay strong, and then I was like, nope, not staying strong. like, I need a drink for this. Um, But that's not my moment. Valid Valid reason. Yeah. Valid reason. (laughs) (laughs) See, there you go. Walk in the talk. Yeah. Talk in the walk. (laughs) Um, No, my adulting moment of the week. um, If you follow me on Instagram, you might have actually seen snippets of this, but um, two weeks ago, I... Had a very adulting moment and I was invited to uh, my company's like big time executive meeting down in Fort Lauderdale. And I was super excited. I was really honored to be there. I was the youngest person there and it was just like a huge honor to be invited. And so the week before I was visiting a friend uh, up in New York City and we were walking around West Village and there happened to be this boutique that had 80% off. And I was like, hell yes, like sign me up. Let's go in there. And I found these beautiful Rachel Zoe pants that were originally $365 for $80. Whoa. What? And I was like, (laughs) okay. I could never, ever, ever justify spending that much money on a pair of pants. But then when I put them on, I was like, oh, I, I see why they're so much money. They're amazing. They fit perfectly. I tried them on. I was like, oh, my God, I look great. So I bought them. And I couldn't wait to wear them to this executive meeting. And I wear them, and I'm getting all these compliments. And I'm, of course, like, bragging to my friends about how I got them for $80. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's what we do these days. And by the end of the night, I'm, like, at the cocktail reception, and I just, like, feel this breeze. (laughs) And I, like, reach behind, and I touch my butt, thinking that maybe I sat in some water, and there's a hole, like... In my craft. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how did this happen? Like, they didn't, they're not tight. Like, so I, like, ushered myself away, like, just (laughs) casually, like, sidestepping towards the elevator. And I went up downstairs and I, like, put new pants on, which was weird because then I had to, like, explain why I was in new pants. Wearing different pants. Right. But no one really noticed because it was mostly men at this event anyway. (laughs) But, yeah, so my adulting moment... It's not really an adulting moment, just a moment of Shelby's life where I ripped my pants and I felt like Spongebob, you know, in that song, like, yeah, oh, I ripped my pants or I don't know how it goes, but you know what I mean? <laughs> All those millennials out there
1: are like, yes, Spongebob reference. But your your email to customer service, she screenshotted it and sent it to like her group of bridesmaids, was the most hilarious email I've ever read. Should I read it out loud? I feel like, I feel like you need to. I would just... love to know. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. So I did email um, the Rachel
2: Zoe Corporation, and I, I'm still waiting on a response, but uh, I might not get one. <laughs> so where is it? Okay. Hi. This is the last email I'd ever hope to write, but I absolutely have to because I cannot believe what happened to me last week while wearing my brand new Rachel Zoe pants. The pair, a size six, fit like a glove and I tried them on in a boutique in Lower West Side. And I was so excited to wear them to, with confidence at my upcoming meeting down in Fort Lauderdale with the executives of the company I work for. By the end of the night, during our cocktail reception, I noticed a slight breeze around my bottom area. And as I reached around to see if maybe, just maybe, I had sat in something wet that was causing that feeling, I realized that my, this is all in capital letters, my pants had ripped in the crack. <laughs> I literally felt like I was transported back to middle school days when I would watch SpongeBob SquarePants and the one episode where he rips his pants and then makes a whole song about it, except <laughs> here I am in my mid-20s at my first ever executive meeting, the youngest in the room. It was immense honor to be invited, with my butt crack exposed for the whole world to see. Fortunately, I was able to maneuver myself out of the reception to run upstairs to change into something else. Despite being able to avoid what could have been immensely embarrassing, I'm incredibly disappointed in the fact that these $365 pants lasted less than 24 hours. I promise you, I was not trying to squeeze myself into a size 6. It was a clean rip after 8 hours of standard wear. I know Rachel Zoe stands for much higher quality than this, and I know Rachel Zoe would never want another female to feel as exposed as I did that night. What can be done to make this better? Thank you. (laughs) That's great. That's amazing. <laughs> so Rachel Zoe, if you're out there, can you please respond to me? Because I'm still <laughs> waiting on this response. Um but yeah, so that was my adulting moment and then I guess the follow up adulting moment was um complaining about these kinds of things. <laughs> so anyway, Jesse. What's your adulting moment? (laughs)
0: My adulting moment was I had just the longest weekend, like starting from Thursday around. It was just I am also a dance teacher on top of everything else that I do. We had our dance, our first dance competition on Saturday. One of my teenagers fell down the steps and twisted her ankle 10 minutes before she had to go on stage. Oh, God. oh, my God. One of our little ones was so panicked about going on stage for her first solo. We saw all the color run out of her face, <laughs> literally, as they called her number to walk on the stage. From a dancing perspective, they did a really good job, but it was a long day of being there, like, 7 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. Wow. Just a really long day, and... You know, long hours and then, you know, having stuff to do on Sunday. Woke up this morning, went to pull out of my driveway, and I had a completely flat tire. Like, to the point where the entire tire was blown. To the, like, the car, I had to drive it two miles to get to somewhere to fix it, and it was like shaking up. And I thought my entire car was gonna explode. Oh my God. I, I called my boyfriend, I literally was like, it's just one thing after another. You <laughs> can't do it today. Oh, and it man. was, and there were a thousand people there waiting to get their car serviced today. Oh my so God. It, I was there for like three hours until they were like, so they just looked at it. They're just wow. going to replace it. It should be another hour. And I was Great. like,
2: oh my God.
0: <laughs> I didn't get to work until like 1230. And oh I was like, God. oh my God. and they're doing construction on our office building they're replacing the siding yeah so it sounds like someone is sitting next to you hammering on your desk with a hammer
2: it's like you just can't can't like it's just yeah
0: i can't it's i think i forgot to like retweet one of those like retweet now or the worst week of your life starts because that's where i am (laughs) (laughs) and that's oh my god and like doing that and knowing that i had to spend you know x amount of dollars on a tire this was like I am an adult. This is what grown-ups do. It's fine. You'll be fine. But oof.
2: oh. Oof. Oh my god. When you just said the fact that you had that you think you forgot to retweet one of those retweet now or I think work. that ha-
0: that has to be it. Based like- on the
2: way everything has happened one after another, I, that has to, there's no other explanation <laughs> it for. Reminds it reminds me of MySpace days and <laughs> like you would have those bulletins and it was like these long scary yes. stories and it was like yes. if you don't repost this this horrible woman will visit you in your dreams. I'm like, yes, that that's exactly what it was.
0: Retweet <laughs> Retweeter, your worst week starts now. And I just scroll right by. Well, <laughs> now you know. In the future. Never
2: catch me missing one of those ever again. <laughs> never. That's amazing. Well, that being said, let's jump into what hopefully will brighten your week. And so. give you, you know, just <laughs> just like a good feeling overall, because we're going to talk all about you and your passion and how you turned your passion into a position. And, you know, I just think it's really cool to see a female being so passionate about sports, which traditionally is a male-dominated sure. industry. Oh, absolutely. And I listen to bits of the podcast that you're on called The Madness. So everyone out there listening, 100%, it's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Is it on Spotify too? I'm not sure if it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes, Google Play,
0: Stitcher, everywhere else. Um, It's also on Wildfire Radio, which is a big um, network for sports podcasts. The Fourth and John podcast that's with NBC Sports Philly and all that, they're on Wildfire as well. Cool. So it's the same website you find them.
2: Yeah, and so I listened to it before you came over, and Savannah and I were both listening, and I was like, damn, like she really knows sports really well. (laughs) I'm like, I like to think that I know sports like maybe at like a 60%. Mm percent comprehension level and you're like at 110%.
1: <laughs> I'm at like a 10%, so it's all good.
2: <laughs> but anyway, I would love just to hear, you know, from you like just give us a quick bio of who you are and um, you know, what exactly you do and then we'll dive into questions. Sure. So,
0: I went to school for business management. I thought, you know, growing up, I danced for 15 years all th- from the time I was 3 until all th- all through high school. I competed for 10 years and when thinking about what I wanted to do going into school, I really wanted to own my own dance studio. So that was my initial thought of kind of where I wanted to go with it and and what I wanted to do. So I thought business management was the best way to go, figure out that side of things because I had the dance already and I could continue to dance in college whether it be a minor or just yeah. taking classes or whatever. Like that part I had and that part would have been fine but making sure i was able to sustain the studio was kind of the the thought process there so i you know and and in college i really enjoyed all of my business classes so i really thought you know like this is this is right where i am is right this will be fine i've got it all figured out and I was a minor in dance as well. So having all that, I was like, this is perfect. I'm ready to go. And when you do a dance minor at the University of Delaware, where I went, you have to do a capstone project, which combines your major and your minor. So Mm -hmm. mine was, I wrote a business plan for a studio. So I was really excited. My senior, like I was ready to go. Um, So coming out of school, I knew that I had to, I was, I was teaching at a studio in Delaware, which I still teach at, but I knew that I kind of had to, I had to figure something else out. I had to do something else to be able to make money, to be able to get on the road to this studio because I mean developing a dance studio is extremely difficult Mm -hmm. one the rent's one thing but the the special floors you have to get the sprung floors and everything they're like ten thousand dollars alone the mirrors are expensive the bars are expensive and a lot of it is one-time cost but you have to be able to do that and then make money afterwards so trying to figure all this out I knew I just needed to get a job so I'm working for my dad. My dad owns an executive search firm. So I'm recruiting and I spend my entire day on LinkedIn searching through stuff. And I came across this, you know, job opening, I guess. And it was for a social media administrator just for a Philly based sports website. So I was just like, okay, you know, what the hell? Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, send out some tweets every now and then. and Cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. So I applied, talked to them a little bit, got accepted and was doing the Twitter thing. It was pretty cool. And, um... They one day then said, um, it was right before the Super Bowl and they said, is there anybody that's available at this like day and time? Doesn't have to be a writer, can be anybody. And I was like, yeah, I'm available, what is it? And it was a conference call with the NBC Sports Group. So Dan Patrick, Tony Dungy, Rodney Harrison. And I was like, yeah, awesome. And the way that these work is you call into this number, they check you in to make sure they know you're not somebody that just happened to find the number. Um, and they say, all right, we're gonna open it for questions, dial this code and press pound. So you, you know, do it in hoping to get in line for questions. And I was actually able to ask a question. So I was able to do a write-up of the phone call and the conference call and kind of the overview, but also my question and kind of, you know, how it related to the Eagles going into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And um, the people who own the website were actually really impressed with kind of how I did the write up. And they said, you know, would you want to write as well? And I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) So um, my first article actually was talking about going to the Super Bowl. Um, and the dramatic experience I had there with our tickets getting stolen. I
2: can't wait to ask you about Whoa. this. We will we will get to that. <laughs> yeah. So I got to
0: write about that, which was really cool. And then from there, I kind of just started to write a little bit more. And, and what ended up happening was the website kind of split into two. And I ended up going to the newer website where the guy who had given me the initial job was starting his own. So I went that way. Um, I got to really be a beginning member of this new website called prosportsnotes.com and really... You know, help my writing take off from the beginning and kind of see where the website went from that. And I've written, I guess probably close to a hundred articles at this point, just kind of, you know, articles recapping the games and stuff like that, but also a lot of different opinion articles to get people to have different discussions about, you know, different things that they might not think about, whether it's my opinion or not. Just, you know, create a discussion and and kind of see what people think. And the most important thing for us is to share on social media. so, I'm a member of like 75 Eagles groups on Facebook (laughs) or something. And I've actually, you know, it started off, it was really difficult in the beginning with, you know, I wrote an article in... I think it was April talking about, you know, should we blindly trust Howie Roseman just because he gave us a Super Bowl? And that one made people really angry. Mm. Um, It made people really mad because it was just kind of like, let's look, is the Super Bowl blinding us from looking at these moves objectively? Like, let's think about what he's just throwing away and bringing in and will it really work? And people were not happy with that. And then I wrote another one in May saying, you know, if Alshon Jeffrey isn't ready for the season, who could step up in his place? And I got really awful responses. Things like, you know, this isn't your calling. You should find something else to do with your life. Oh, wow. How dare you say such a thing? You're just a hater. But, well, it turns out Alshon missed three games.
2: Yeah. So, I was going to say, he wasn't ready for the season.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard a peep out of those, those, couple, <laughs> those couple men since then. Yeah. But I've, you know, created somewhat of a following on Facebook and have built up my Twitter following as well and just trying to, you know, continue to build it up. And from there, you know, the podcast, The Madness, was on the original website, and same thing, he kind of, you know, got the job from the same guy that I did, so he came over there, and, um, you know, right around the draft, the the NFL draft, he wanted to do a, you know, get to know our new website kind of um kind of show so I was credentialed to go to the draft party as a media member so I said I'm around that day if you want me to come in and you know I'll co-host it with you and we ended up having really good chemistry it really worked out and he was doing it by himself anyway Mm -hmm. and he was just like you know would you want to do this and it ended up working out we get along really well and um we have a really good time doing it and it's you know after a couple months we were picked up by wildfire they you know contacted us and we've had a really good relationship with them and they've really helped us kind of push it a little bit further. And, you know, we've gotten some really cool big name guests on and stuff and we're just trying to keep rolling. Yeah, awesome. I think your story
2: is really cool. And I also just want to quickly mention, um, I totally forgot that we went to college together. We did go to college <laughs> yeah. together. I
0: mean, That's absolutely like, true. Yeah, we went
2: <laughs> to college together. We like, were like, duh, like, what the hell? I and like, you said, I know
0: her from college. And I was like, no, we went to high school together. And then now we did go to together college together. Too. That's um, a true story. But
2: like, I was so mentally <laughs> done with college <laughs> by like <laughs> sophomore year. So like, whatever. Anyway, back to what you were saying. I think your story is really cool because there's a couple parts of your story where you kind of just volunteered for something and then it right. turned into something so much bigger. Right. And it's like a powerful lesson. I think that a lot of young people can learn. It's like you're never too good for something. Like if there's a if there's like a small little inkling of an opportunity, like even right. if it's not technically in your job title, like just try it out. Like see what could yeah. happen. Yeah. And that's
0: how I end up doing a lot of the stuff that I've been doing. I mean, it's really important obviously that I have a job that I get paid for totally. and that I work hard at that job and that I can, you know, be successful there because you know, things like, you know, being an adult, I have to, you know, move out at some point mm-hmm. and, you know, continue with adult things and you know I need a job to be able to do that but you know when it comes to you know the different writing opportunities and stuff a lot of times um the guy who runs our website he says all right can you be available this day this time and won't tell us what it is and I just have to be like yeah what is it where am I going now like what am I doing and it you know always ends up being something you know there's always different and interesting things happening. Um, Like I was able to go to the draft party as a media member. I got to talk to, um, you know, I met a couple of the different Eagles players and sort of developed a little bit of a relationship with them to like be able to communicate. I met, you know, Mark Farzetta who's on the radio, who's on TV and him and I have developed a little bit of a relationship. He actually helped me get an internship with Sunday Night Football when they were here to, you know, work with them a little bit. And, you know, so it's all about who you know. So you kind of just have to say, you know, yeah, you have to, have open, something that yeah. you can sustain you, but at the same time, if you're trying to get somewhere else, you just have to be open to any opportunity that comes your way. Like, yeah. for me, I'm not a big hockey person, I don't totally understand everything about it, I'm mainly more football and basketball, but, you know, I I, I sort of get it, but the, the ins and outs and the intricacy is really not my forte, but, I mean... I was at the media day for the NHL stadium series on Friday and I'm like, what am I doing here? What? (laughs) But I was there, you know, it was at the link. It was really cool. And I, there weren't a lot of media members there. So it was pretty cool that we got, so they were able to get me in there. So things like that, you never know. And you just kind of say yes. And I mean, even, so I'm also writing for um, Wildfire as well, who holds our, holds our podcast. And for them, I'm doing Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, and they, called me one day and were like hey you want to do the wings too <laughs> and
2: i was like what i didn't even know like will <laughs> really still pay attention to them but i was like cool <laughs> they they because they they left for a while they, were, yeah. they went up
0: moved up to new england and they just came back to philly huh. like this year yeah and i was like i mean in my head i'm like my brother played lacrosse he still plays lacrosse in college that's the extent of my lacrosse knowledge i got nothing else <laughs> But I was like, I'm in no position. Just say no. He's like, we're credentialed. We want a person to be in there. I'm like,
1: yeah, cool. sign me up. I'll, I'll be there.
0: Yeah. I'll be there. I'll go. And I call my brother and I'm like, I just need you to read over my, art- my first couple articles to make sure that they
2: make sound that knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah. They don't
0: just sound like a person. Like, okay, and there was a goal. And then there was another goal. <laughs> and then they scored the goal. It worked out. And it worked out. Like the wings, the, the wings posted my article. Oh wow. So I was like, all right, at least it sounded okay, I guess. So, you know, you just kind of have to keep saying yes to figure out where you want to go. You have to have something sustainable, but at the same time, if you know where you want to go, you
1: kind of just have to go after it. So did you have this passion for writing before you even got this opportunity or was it something you didn't really? So it was something that I've always been good at writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, going to the high school that we went to, there were not
0: a lot of like tests and things. It was a lot of essays and essay tests. So Mm -hmm. I think my writing really got really refined while I was in high school. And I've always been a decent writer. I've never really had trouble with that. Um, I would read my brother and sister's papers, read my boyfriend's papers just because, and my roommates too. All my roommates in college, I was always reading their papers, especially because they were all science majors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like I was always decent at it, but I never had this kind of Passion to enjoy doing it. I've, and I've always, you know, in, I've never had a problem with writing, but I've always loved sports and I just okay. never thought to put the two and two together. Yeah. And my mom always used to say to me, you know, watching football and stuff, and Aaron Andrews would come up, she'd be like, You could do that. Mm. You could do that. But it was the, the more that I thought about it and the more that I kind of realized, like, I'm a Philly girl. I'm a Philly sports girl through and through. And I couldn't, I don't think I could do that national level. Put the Cowboys and Patriots on that pedestal <laughs> thing. Like I couldn't. I've have done too much and said too much and written too much to be able to be and successful. There, be some
2: real haters coming out of the yeah. books oh, for you. Absolutely.
0: So realizing kind of where my strengths were, and I I wish I would have realized it sooner, so I could have studied journalism or studied broadcasting, but.
2: I am where I am now and just kind of trying to truck along from it. And-, and to be honest with you, like the experience you're getting is enough to fill a resume to get you that, posi- like, that position that if you really do right. want to continue to pursue journalism from a sports standpoint. Like you're yeah. building up the resume that could take place of a degree.
0: Yeah. And at this point, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, Joe and I talk about a lot. We, um... You know, it's it's so unrealistic to tell 18-year-olds they need to make a decision on what they want to do for the rest of their life. Yeah. And in the career that I'm in currently, you know, we look at people's resumes and, you know... It, the trend is changing. You know, people our age—we don't get into one job right out of college and stay there for seven, eight, nine, ten years. You know, you're there for a year, six months. You job hop a little bit in the beginning, and that's something that we really struggle sometimes. When you know we're working for a company and they say, "Okay, yeah, we want to hire a younger person who's maybe not as experienced," and they look at their resume and they're like, "I don't trust their right. job hopping," and you're mm-hmm. like,
2: "That's just the way it is." People don't
0: just a career anymore yeah you know you have to kind of figure out what you want to do I never it never crossed my mind to even go into this field remotely when I was in college I thought I had my idea of what I want to do and obviously I'm still teaching now I love it it's a little bit of a release from the nine to five sitting at your desk kind of thing you're up you're active and I really enjoy it but you like I wouldn't want that to be my entire life, having to rely on that for my income, that's, that's, it's, it's my stress relief. Yeah. So it's totally, I think it's just unrealistic to have to think about that, you know, when you're in school and, you know, I know so many people that, you know, went to school pre-med and they were studying something in science and then they're like, I want to be a teacher.
1: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Oh you know? my God. I know yeah. plenty of people and like you never, that.
0: And you never know. It's so unrealistic and it's not until you try a few different things where you See where you're, see what you're good at and see where your passion is. And, you know, I really, I'm one of those people that I I get that sometimes I just have to put my head down and do it. But at the same time, like I won't be able to live my life happily if I'm doing something that I absolutely hate. Like I have to enjoy what I'm doing on some level because it's impossible
2: (laughs) to like make your days go by without... Without absolutely, that. absolutely. Yeah. And it's even, it's cool that you're saying, you know, about the dance studio and having a stress relief. And I'm sure to an extent, the writing aspect is also a stress relief sure. as well. And so, you know, even if you're the kind of person, and I'm speaking to our listeners now, like even if you're the kind of person that isn't totally in love with your day-to-day job, there are other things that you can fill your time with outside of your job that provide that stress relief, provide that little, you know, level of um, enthusiasm into your life or, Good energy or whatever it might be, um, and I just I think your story is really cool and how it's like continually continuing to evolve and as you're picking up more and more you know small little gigs here and there you're making a name for yourself within the Philadelphia sports right realm which most of our listeners are Philly sports or not Philly sports people but most of us are Philly people so right. they innately understand the. Cult that is Philly sports. Yeah, that's the best um, word to describe it. <laughs> it really is. It's special. It's very special, and so to kind of occupy that space is a really unique spot. And it's like a family in a way. It's oh yeah, cool. yeah.
0: It's yeah. really cool. Absolutely. It's something that you know. It, it's something that you have to understand that you know people are very. It, it's hard to describe to anybody who doesn't. Even somebody who is not even from near here. Like I have you know friends you know, from college and things like that. and I, I know one of our friends um, came in, was coming to visit somebody the weekend of the Super Bowl and we met them at Xfinity and we just kind of hung out and he lives in LA and he grew up in California. He's a Raiders fan. And he was like, oh no, like I think the best part about the Rams coming to LA is like the people that like decide they want to be fans now. (laughs) (laughs) And we were both like, I don't think that makes sense. Like I don't (laughs) understand what you're saying to me right now. And the biggest thing about that people don't really get about Philly is the fact that we are not used to winning that's not what this is and it's the best part about it's the it's thinking back on your life and thinking about what these teams have meant to you like for me growing up my great-grandfather had a house in Cape May and he was you know, really, he, he couldn't even come to the beach when I was little. So he would sit at home and watch all the Philly sports shows all day long, and wait for the Phillies to come on every afternoon. So we would come home from the beach, take our showers, or whatever, and then while my mom made dinner, I would sit on the couch with my great grandfather and watch the Phillies. Like that's what that stuff means to us. I grew up watching the Eagles with my dad, with you know, with my um, with my grandfather. Like it's things like that, and the experiences with your family that mean more. Than anything, And I think that's not something that a lot of other cities have with sports and that's one of my favorite things about it. So when you're writing about these teams, you have to understand and some people don't get it that you are talking about these athletes and these people react as if you're talking about their family. Yeah. So if you say something that they don't agree with, they will attack you as if you are attacking their brother or sister or mom or dad. So it's, it's really an interesting kind of place to try to establish a career like that because you will get ripped to shreds immediately if you... So that's where I kind of try to strike my balance is I'm a fan through and through. I try to be objective as someone who knows and loves and respects the sport, but also I'm a Philly fan. So that's where I've kind of gotten myself in the door a little bit, is I come from a Philly fan perspective and I represent a lot of the frustrations that Philly fans have and the excitement that Philly fans have, but also can kind of bring it down from having your head in the clouds a little bit and be like, all right, let's look at this from a genuine football perspective. And it's it's definitely a challenge, but it's something that
2: is so unique to Mm -hmm. Philly, which is so different. It's awesome to hear you speak about it like that because it's so true and oftentimes I hear from people who have moved to Philadelphia from other cities and we've actually interviewed quite a few people that have gone to Temple Okay. and they're not from Philly per se but they've gone to Temple and they've decided to stay around Temple because there's like this vibe of Philly. It's just like the
1: culture. It's the culture.
2: And I think the Eagles and the Phillies and the Sixers and the Flyers really feed into that a lot. And it Mm -hmm. makes it such a special place to grow up in and to be part of, even when you haven't grown up there, but now you live here and you Mm -hmm. have decided to just embrace the culture. And I've always wondered, like, what are those small nuances that make Philly Philly? And so much of that happens to be revolving around the sports and revolving around the fact that people have grown up. Just, I mean, I remember growing up, it's kind of funny for me, my mom is the crazy sports fan in my household. My dad could care less. That's funny. And I actually wasn't allowed to watch Eagles games growing up because my mom would curse too much at the TV. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's what And I would be sent to my room because my dad couldn't stand me hearing like, the F word at age five because my mom couldn't (laughs) contain herself. That's funny. Understood. um, Yeah. And, like, we used to always have the Super Bowl parties at our house. And I remember so vividly, um, I think it was 2005 when the Eagles played the Patriots. And, I mean, that was a heartbreaking game. And I remember at halftime, like, going outside and banging pots and pans. And then the final quarter and, and the heartbreaking loss. And I just remember, like that feeling in my household and, um, the Phillies win and being able to go to the parade. And I remember watching every single, you know, game leading up to that. And it was just so fun. And those memories are so like alive. And then, oh my God, like last year, we have to obviously talk about this. Like we have to, did you see my bumper sticker? Yes. I
0: love
2: it. You see the back of my phone. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) So just for all the listeners out there, I have a bumper sticker on my Fridge, it says 41-33, which is the final score of the Eagles-Patriots game, Super Bowl 52, and Jessie has the same thing on her uh, phone there. Very nice. Um, But I just, I think back to the two weeks in between the Vikings win and the Super Bowl, and it was like, you walk around Philly, and like, everyone is floating. Yes. Like, everyone... (laughs) Like I'd like to see the crime rates in those two weeks, and like see if they... it had to be down, like had to be down. Everyone, <laughs> like was no one, to so kill anyone because, like, yeah, like they all wanted everyone it to was get to the game. Euphoria around yeah. here,
0: <laughs> it was insane. And I remember, you know, same thing that deflating feeling in that two thousand four or five Super Bowl. We were actually, we were in Disney for my brother's birthday, my brother's birthday is February 1st, so it's always right around the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend, and they had surprised us with a trip to Disney that year, and my mom was still really scared to fly into that, at that time, after Mm -hmm. 9-11, we still weren't, so we drove, Mm. we drove down to Disney World, and we were driving home after that, and my dad had a ticket to the Super Bowl, and he was meeting some friends there, and we stayed we waited in their hotel room so they went to the game but we were walking around jacksonville the day of walking eagles fans everywhere i mean i was nine years old we just we found the picture it was in my dad's you know office and he's in these like huge baggy jeans my mom's <laughs> in this ridiculous outfit like i look we all have our pink uggs on because they had just come out that yeah year. my sister was a toddler in a stroller like I mean, my, my brother had this, like, ridiculous, like, dorky six-year-old haircut. Like, we were all such a mess, and the picture to look <laughs> at is so funny. And we look at it, and we're just like, it. Th- that was so long ago, but that was the best day. It was so happy, and I will never forget sitting in that hotel room and seeing the blue and red fireworks go off Ooh. at the stadium out the window and just driving home in that depressing, sad Sad car ride. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, either my brother or my sister had an ear infection too, so they screamed the whole way. Oh it my was just God. like oh, the man. most yeah. miserable. <laughs> it could not have been worse. And then to like go from that to this year's, which I, we were at, the, we were in Minnesota. So thinking about getting on that plane, coming home, feeling uh. like that, it was like nothing more did I want less. Like, it was the worst. On the way there, all I could think was, oh my god, I could not, I cannot get on this plane later if If if, if, if that's what happened. I can't, I can't do it. And I think the best part about it was, you know, everyone went into the Super Bowl knowing that they were gonna win. The best part about it. it.
2: Like I didn't want to say anything, I didn't want to jinx it at all. The best part about
0: it was, yeah, they narrowly escaped the Falcons, and then they came in and just absolutely kicked the Vikings' ass. And oh, that was that like was the best. best thing to witness in my life. That was such a happy day. And then from that point on, I was like, they're not losing the Super Bowl. Like, they're <laughs> not
2: gonna lose I, yeah. the totally, Super Bowl. Oh my god, I remember that so well. Like, I was I went to the Falcons game mm-hmm. and we were like 36 rows. <clears throat> up from the end zone where the oh final play went down and first off it was bitter cold but we oh, didn't so si- cold we didn't sit down the entire no. time no and like we had the rally flags and like everyone around us was just like the most it had never un- been so loud it was the most electric feeling ever and I, bit, I mean I, I am a nail biter it's a bad <laughs> habit but I literally bit off all of my nails during that game yeah like that final play like Oh my God, I remember it so vividly. It was incredible. I cried. Oh, yeah. I cried so many times in January and February. (laughs) Very emotional. Very emotional. So many times. times.
0: I was like, had tears welling up in my eyes. And I remember, so that was when that like awful stomach virus was going around the world. (laughs) Right around that time. My brother left at halftime with my parents because he was throwing up in the bathroom. Oh my God. So he was a mess. So they left. So it was just me and my boyfriend left and we're sitting there like, you know, head in hands. I'm like just, you know, praying and hoping. And I burst into tears when that happened. And that night I got the stomach virus. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> I was, I threw up all night long. I was so sick. It was the most miserable time, but I was like the Eagles won. So it's fine. I don't even care. Yeah. And then the Vikings game, I must've cried like four separate times in that oh my game God. just that game was, pure excitement.
2: Yeah. That game was incredible. And what was so great about that time period for me was that, um, in my corporate job, January through May is like the craziest time for me and I'm traveling almost every single weekend and so I had been traveling pretty much all of January and so I remember like before the Vikings game or not before the Vikings game before the Falcons game i had been traveling and I always would wear my Eagles hat okay in the airport and being in any different kind of airport I would always get comments from people always, always. either they were like go Falcons or they were like Go Eagles, baby. Like, and you can always tell when there's like a Philly person and Oh they yeah. just get so, <laughs> yeah. so, stoked that they see another Philly person. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy. Oh yeah. Um, But then for the Vikings game, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona and I was there for a woman's retreat and I had emailed the woman who was doing the retreat ahead of time after they had won, after the Eagles had won the Falcons game. And I was like, Hey, listen, I know that you probably have things planned for this Sunday. I cannot participate in any of the things. <laughs> I, I need to be in front of a TV. So if that means I have to find a bar by myself and like take an Uber there from the retreat house, I'll do it. Or if there's like a place that you can put me and I'll promise like, I'll try not to scream. Like just, I just have <laughs> to be able to watch this game. And she's like, okay, that's that's fine. Like I'll, I'll put you in the guest house, which fortunately she had a guest house that was like closed off from everybody. And I woke up that morning and I immediately put my Carson Wentz jersey on I put yep. my hat on. And we're sitting around this, like, this, like, the circular couch thing. And we're all going through and, like, telling our intentions for the day. Like, right. All the, other <laughs> are, like, all the other women are, like, so zoned in on, like, their business and, like, what they were actually there to do. And I literally sat there, like, Go in my, my Wentz jersey and my hat. And I was like, um, I'm going to be watching replays from the season all day. And then when the game comes on, I'm going to be watching the game. <laughs> and one of the girls looks at me and goes, "It's really cute how excited you are, but I don't get why you're so excited. It's not like they're in the playoffs." <laughs> I'm like, oh. "Um, uh, not only are they in the playoffs, but they it's are going to the, the Super, Super Bowl game before uh, the Super Bowl." Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and then oh my god, like that was just watching that game was electric. Oh, uh,
1: that was. Were you in
2: Philly? Like, did you go to that game? Yeah. So
0: my dad, my dad has season tickets. So okay. I was at every home game last year. Ugh. I wore the same exact shirt to every single <laughs> game. Um, actually, I think I started, cri- I cried in December. I cried a lot in December because that's when Carson Wentz got hurt. Oh my God. Um, I, I cried that. when he walked off. I cried watching Doug Peterson's press conference the next morning when they were like, do you have an update? He's like, yeah, it's torn. And I burst into tears at my uh-huh. desk. Um, and people like were kept walking by to check on me like are, are you going to be alright I'm like no I'm not um, but yeah so we were at the Falcons game that was awesome and then we were at the Vikings game and it was really awesome because it wasn't freezing that day it was like yeah 15. it was warm yeah I so that. we were there my brother unfortunately was at school so my sister was able to come which was awesome and um, we have friends that we tailgate with every weekend so they were all there and you know huge party all day long we got to to watch the Patriots-Jags game before. Oh. Oh, so we game. watched it happen and we w- got to walk into the stadium knowing we are about to get this rematch that we've been looking for for 13 yeah. years. Yeah. And I think the best part about it was, I mean, obviously the ridiculousness that started that <laughs> morning with the Vikings fans sa- oh claiming they were going to take over our city, <laughs> running up the Rocky steps, doing the whole thing, and then dressing up Rocky, which made it so personal that they didn't understand how personal it was, but the worst part about it was they were so dumb to do it at eleven a.m. to let social media take yeah, over. Right? So like, then they get to the so game. It's a six o'clock kickoff, and they get there and they're expecting us to be cordial. Are you dumb? <laughs> I've never booed so many children in my life. There were like kids walking by in paint in a like Adrian Peterson jerseys, like the. <laughs> I've never booed so many children. And the thing—the worst part about it is I can't drink during Eagles games because I have to be focused. Yeah. And my vision is not the best. So, like, I have to be able to see what's going on in front of me. So I was completely sober booing children. It wasn't like there was <laughs> you anything. You can't even blame that. No, I yeah. can't blame a thing because I was not
1: drinking. I think and that's what's so special about Philly fans in general is just that, like, they're so unforgiving and, like, they don't really give a shit what anybody thinks. No. No one likes us. We don't care. Exactly. And the best part about it is we do it to each
0: other, too. That's the thing. Like, that's what people... They're like, oh, they're so mean. I'm like, well, we're mean to each other, too. Like, it's not... We're mean to our own team, too. We get angry at them as well. But yeah and so so that was I mean it was amazing to to be there that must have been such a fun game to actually it was, be at I've never just hugged so many strangers well until the Super Bowl I've never yeah. hugged so many strangers <laughs> but I mean I remember at one point there were two there was a dad and a son in front of us and they were Vikings fans and they were really sweet. like the kid was really excited so we tried to be like not assholes for the first part of it, but it took them till like halftime to like zip up their coats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and
2: from that point, they left in like the third quarter. So yeah, we I like, mean, they I were mean. getting stomped
0: on. But I mean, it, it, it wasn't until everyone was kind of like, okay, they're doing, they're, this is great. This is great. This is great. And then it was when they got the ball back right before halftime and they were getting the ball after halftime and they went they went down with like, 25 seconds left and put a field goal in there and we looked at each other and we were like, oh, so they're going for the jugular. Like, they are going to end this. <laughs> and they came out, had that one long touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey and we were like, all right. And it wasn't until there were like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter where everyone started to look at each other and be like, we're going. We're going. To the we're Super going. <laughs> and the craziest part about it was my dad he signed a uh, 10-year contract for his season tickets. Yeah. In, I guess it was, two. I guess he signed it, I think it was like 2006 or seven. So it was after they had gone to the Super Bowl oh, the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, in the contract, it said, if they go to the Super Bowl it, during this contract, you get two tickets. Wow. So my dad calls me. My dad was traveling for work two weeks before the Super Bowl. And he called me and said, I need you to do me a favor. And I was like, all right, what? And he said, I need you to go down to the link. And I was like, great, why? What, what am I doing? And he was like, "You, we have two Super Bowl tickets that I need you to pick up. I don't know what we're gonna do with them yet. I ha- he was like, we'll, we'll talk about it. Haven't made any decisions, but like, I just need you to go get them. I'll put them in your name. You need to go get them. I'm like, okay. So I go down to the stadium by myself and um, they... I had to sign a contract that says, if these are lost, stolen, misplaced, whatever, they are irreplaceable. These are your tickets. I am, you, you are signing that you understand. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, sign- I'm like signing my life away right now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is so stressful. And meanwhile, there are so many people standing in the parking lot asking if you're selling them or keeping them oh and God. giving them business cards. I feel like that's like
2: really dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I was
0: like, I should not
2: have done this by myself. So yeah. meanwhile, I'm
0: like tucking them in my jacket, like, <laughs> like scurrying don't... to my car.
2: Oh my God, I'm sure people probably had really bad intentions at some point. Oh, I had like yeah. six business cards in my pocket.
0: Oh my God. Because they're like, I'm like, no, I'm not selling them. And they're like, well, if you just change your mind here. And I was like, okay, so... We took a little bit to decide, you know, my dad was like, you know, do I wanna get more tickets so we all can go? Do I wanna sell these so we can be home together? Either way, he wanted us to be together, which, and I said to him, I was like, listen, if you're making this decision based on what, based on me, because I am the Eagles fan in the house, I was like, look, sell them or keep them. I don't care what you do. I have no preference. I will be happy either way. But if you only keep two and you take someone other than me, then we'll have a problem. I was like, that's when this father-daughter thing might have to be broken up. So he finally sat down and was like, we are going to take a plane. We are going to go and we are going to come back in 12 hours. I don't want anyone to ask how much it costs. We're not going to talk about it ever again. The Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl and it's going to be one of the best family times we've ever had. And we were like, done fine sold <laughs> so my brother had lacrosse practice in the morning sunday morning he had the cross practice and he plays at franklin and marshall so we were flying out of the lancaster airport so we get in the car at 9 a.m and we drive to lancaster um the it started to snow so we're like oh my god this plane has to get off like we have to get out of here so we get on the plane we take off real
2: quickly the plane was it fell with eagles fans no, it was a tiny private plane. Okay. That
0: my dad was like, don't even ask. Oh. We're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about. It. We're gonna get on and we're gonna go. Like that's what we're gonna do. It was yeah, it was a tiny private plane. That my dad was like, this is gonna be the experience of a lifetime, and we'll never forget it because the Eagles are gonna win the Super Bowl. That is how we ended every sentence. <laughs> like the Eagles are gonna win the Super Bowl, so it doesn't matter. Get out of doubt, it doesn't matter. So we had so we had to like pack food and stuff. Like so we're packing food, packing all of our layers. Also, our dog masks, everything. (laughs) So we're like getting it on the plane. And meanwhile, it's like freezing outside. And we're like, oh my God, this is the warm weather. It's 30 degrees and snowing, and this is the warm weather. So we're like, oh my god, crap. So we get on the plane. They had to reroute us in the air because of like another storm or something. So it took us like three and a half hours instead of just two. So we're already a little bit behind schedule. So we're like, all right, it's fine. We land. People in Minnesota, the, the whole like Midwest nicest people I ever meet, totally true. Sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Our car that we had booked to like be there to pick us up was not there. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to be found. We are in the middle of Minnesota. They had a snowstorm the day before. There are like five feet of snow on the ground everywhere. No one can get anywhere because all the Ubers, Lyfts, taxis, everything is booked because everyone is trying to get to the damn Super Bowl. So there was a man in the airport that was... You know, helping people get cars and was like I have a minivan I'll just take you <laughs> because my dad had to get three more tickets mm-hmm. because my brother and my sister and my dad so he they don't ship them they will not ship them from StubHub you have to pick them up in a StubHub location because they're not risking shipping these however expensive right. tickets so we had to get to the Twins Stadium to be able to get the tickets, then to get over to the Vikings Stadium. Oh my God. So the guy takes us in the car and we get there. It is, by the way, two degrees outside, <laughs> with a wind chill of negative four in the sun.
1: Oh God. So we're
0: like, this is horrible. So, but meanwhile, it's, in a, it's inside. The yeah. stadium is inside. So you're like, you can't bundle so much because then you're going to die of heat stroke right. in the Super Bowl. So it was a whole, whole to do. So we go get the tickets. We literally take a picture of my dad holding the beautiful, like, chrome colored. Oh, they're gorgeous. So we're like, this is amazing. We get, we find a cab, thank God, get in the taxi. And he's like, I can only take you to a certain point because all the streets are blocked off. We're like, just get us as close as you can. So we get there. The way it's set up is, US Bank Stadium is beautiful. So it's the stadium, and the NFL had set up, like, just a, a perimeter around, I guess, and they were funneling everybody in through this one entrance. So all these 70,000 people that were trying to attend the Super Bowl being funneled in to just the stadium area through one entrance. So they funnel them in here and there's a tent that's the has all the metal detectors and stuff in and there's three doors. So one door here, three doors for everyone to get in to go through security. So we're there, it's, it's like a cattle call. Like you're just bouncing off people left and right and everyone's bundled up. So you're only being able to see out of like <laughs> what you allow yourself to see through, trying to hold on to family, whatever. We get up to the front of the line and my dad reaches down and the tickets are gone.
1: What the fuck? They're gone.
0: So the tickets are gone and we're like, okay. And meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, I'm
1: the one who signed the contract
0: saying that I know if these are lost or stolen, like that's it. So we're like, oh my God, what do we do? So my dad, I, my dad is the most calm, cool, collected. Like sees a problem, here's how we fix it. Individual, he couldn't even form words. Like he couldn't even, he didn't even. I'm know what to sure say. my brother was like <laughs> on a cursing rampage of God knows what. I don't even know my if my sister knew what was going on. My mom didn't have words either, and I. And basically, we went up to a security guard and my dad was like, someone stole our tickets. Like, they're gone. I had them. They're gone. And basically, they were like, you have to get to an NFL representative and tell them this before they're scanned or there's nothing anybody can do to help you. So I am like, great. I did not fly to negative four degree weather to watch the Super Bowl from a bar outside of the stadium that the Super Bowl is being played in. So I have to get to an NFL representative which means I have to get in front of all of these angry Boston and Philly fans. So I'm like, great. Nice. So my first thought was, let me go talk to the SWAT team with their giant rifle strapped to their chest, (laughs) which looking back on it was a terrible idea. But I went over and I was like, listen, here's what happened. I had a folder that had all of our confirmations from StubHub, the contract I signed from the Eagles, the plane confirmation, like everything. I was like, here's everything. Explain to them what happened. I was like, I need to get in front of all these people and get through there now. And they were like, okay, we'll try to help you. Well, at that point they had closed two of the three security doors. So I just went to the one they closed and just like tapped on it a little bit and just mentioned to the security guard right inside, explain everything to them. They were like, all right, get the people in your party. We'll take you through So I'm like, oh, awesome. So I grab them. We didn't go through security. They didn't check us at all. Like (laughs) we didn't go through metal detectors. They didn't look in my mom's parts. Like she, we got in there with like, she had a swell bottle full of wine. (laughs) <laughs> well, that, like we got right through so we went we found an nfl representative and he was very clearly some like corporate new york individual like everyone else was like happy midwest and this guy was like angry and i was like okay we end here like this is where we end we don't get past this We looked at everything and he was looking at all of it. And he was like, all right, you need to go to Will Call. You need to go to the ticket center. They're going to try to help you. I don't know if they can here. And they were like different ticket checkpoints. They weren't scanning them, but they were checking them to make sure you were supposed to be there. He gave us each like passes to get through to make sure he was like, these will get you through. Just show these. They'll get you through at least to Will Call. So my brother, sister and I show them to the next checkpoint and we take off running after that. We had to go like uphill, downhill, up steps, down steps, running around. And meanwhile, it is negative four degrees outside. And we are sprinting. And like, I don't run at all. That is just <laughs> not my he's thing. A <laughs> I'm a dancer. I don't run. So meanwhile, my chest hurt for the next like three days after that because it was freezing. So we're running. And I get a ticket counter. I'm like, okay, this is what happened. And he's like, okay, breathe. Like, you need to calm down. I'm like, no, I don't have time. You need to check this right now because if they scan our tickets, like we can't get in. So I'm like freaking out. he's like, chill chill so he (laughs) flagged our tickets they hadn't been scanned oh my god so they flagged them and he was like give me everything give me your id we're gonna get you taken care of and i was like oh my god so i gave him everything and he was like there's a trip so meanwhile we've been outside for over an hour now we are frozen solid and he's like there's a trailer right there like it was like the ticket trauma trailer like there were people (laughs) in there that had bought like bought stolen tickets, had their tickets. So, like the whole oh thing, my God. all the worst the things you could tra- imagine. Trailer.
1: <laughs> so we're in there, like
0: looking through the window, just watching the guy wait, like wait for him to wave us on. He pulled us over. He reprinted all of our tickets. Wow. We, we they were so ugly compared to the first tickets we had, <laughs> but. We got in, and after we were scanned, like, we just stood in, like, a group hug and cried for, like, 15 seconds. It was, like, the most emotional beginning to the day. And my dad looked at us and was like, they better win this game right now. Like, they have to. I was like, Dad, they have to win this game at this point. Like, g- there's no way. And we got, we got to our seats, and they came out of the locker room, and I saw them, them open those doors. And I looked at my dad, and I was like, they're not losing this game right now. They're not gonna lose this game. And actually there were a lot, a couple of my family members had also like flown out, done the whole thing too. And I mean, I've never cried so hard about a sporting event in my life. I've like the way that I was like grabbing at my dad's sweater and hugging my dad and (laughs) hugging my brother and sister and just sobbing and hugging strangers that were also sobbing. And I've never experienced anything like that in my life. But then we had the, so the way that the the pilots work for planes like this is they have to get like a legally have to get like a certain number of hours of rest so we had to wait like an extra three hours in the airport for them to get back it's like 2 a.m but it's really 3 a.m here we had to fly back my brother had class at noon because it was monday so we dropped him off i crawled in bed at like 8 a.m and was like good night world the eagles won the super bowl and that is that and my dad was like, I didn't sleep the entire flight home because he was just like, what the hell happened today? <laughs> oh my like, God. It was That's the crazy. most dramatic story. It's it's the most ridiculous thing that happened. But it all ended with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl and that is all that
2: matters. Oh my God. That is the best story I think I've I know. <laughs> heard about the Super Bowl like ever. It's, the,
0: it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Like, we
0: look back on it and we're like, oh my God. Like... How did we get into the Super Bowl? How did we manage to get ourselves into the Super Bowl after all of that dramatic mess? It was, it was, I, we couldn't even believe it. We got in there. We were all just like, I don't have a single picture of the stadium. Like nothing. I have no picture of the stadium. I have pictures of the confetti falling at the end, yeah. but I have none of the actual, the stadium's beautiful. And yeah. like the inside is beautiful. Nothing.
1: Oh my god! because I
0: I'm a person who I go into every Eagles game an hour before kickoff I like to that's see the stuff at the beginning like I, I just I like to be there I like to see them warm up a little bit so meanwhile it's like 40 minutes before kickoff and I am stressing that I'm not in my seat so I was like running through the stadium I didn't care about anything I'm like you guys are behind me I'll find my seat you'll find your seat we'll be fine
2: oh my so god funny. this is the best story it was stressful that's amazing like that's amazing. I'm yeah. so... I felt all the emotions as you were talking Yeah, about. same. My, like, <laughs> she started to be like, uh-huh. And what? Then what? Okay, I keep going. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> the, be- the funniest part about it is, so my mom and I went to a charity event a couple months ago, and we, there was a silent auction, and we bid on a dinner with Carson Wentz. So we're having dinner with Carson Wentz. Oh, in you won it! What? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're having. We're today. having dinner with Carson and Holy Madison. Holy shit! Wentz. I can't <laughs> wait to tell Carson Wentz this story. Like, I'm so excited to wait, tell them what? this story. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to share this ridiculous story with him because Shelby's. it's going to be Shelby's on the floor. What? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. So we're gonna tell him this really dramatic story about us get, trying to get to
2: the soup. It's fucking amazing. Wait, so are you going to his house? Like where are you having dinner <laughs> We're with having him? dinner
0: at a I forget a restaurant in the city somewhere. But it was like a whole thing. Yeah. So we're I'll super excited. Wait, how did you win that? It's at a it was at a charity event. It's called Fashion oh. Touchdowns with Nicole Miller and um, the Eagles. And a lot of their wives and them, they modeled actually for Malcolm Jenkins' company, Damari Saville. So yeah. they were there modeling, and then their wives modeled the Nicole Miller stuff. And they had a silent auction and it was all for um, the Big
2: Brothers, Big Sisters organization. I Philly. think I saw, could could like Normal people buy tickets for that event? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that on Facebook and I almost bought tickets for it. Yeah, I'm yeah, And it was
0: it was really awesome. It was a really cool event and I mean, they were just kind of all over and um yeah. That's that's the players really cool. were just kind of around and I was just like they were and I think I saw pictures of, of you. Know,
2: with you got to be sure with uh Madison yeah Banks, right yeah. yeah so
0: we and that and was, Corey
2: Clement too right or Corey no? Clement
0: wasn't there but okay. Jalen Mills was there Rodney yeah. McLeod was there Chris oh, Maragos yeah, was yeah. there so I was like talking to them and just like trying to ask them about I was mad at Jalen Mills because he totally lied to me about his foot injury and <laughs> I was like when are you coming back I was like how are you feeling when are you come back and he was like two weeks I said is that two weeks before the Saints game or mm-hmm. after and he was like no I want that Saints game two weeks Jalen you went on IR a month later why'd you lie? <laughs> I was literally like, I'm so upset right now. Like, why would you lie to me that way?
1: But yeah, no, it was
0: pretty cool. And they're just, I mean, they're just normal. They're just walking around, having a good time and. Oh my God. Yeah. So we're going to hang out with Carson and Madison once and um, we're going to tell them about our dramatic superhero experience. Are you going to fangirl, or are you going to act actually... I have to remain calm. I have
2: to remain calm. Like, I don't know how I would, Like, I shit myself when Rob would juice me to Zachary. It's like, I literally couldn't say a single word. i than, like, <laughs> thank you. And then I turned around and walked away, because I was so fucking nervous.
0: I think... Well, part of it is, like, we ha- we have collectively, as a unit, family unit, have decided that, like, they are probably going into this thinking that they're getting these like obnoxious Eagles fans they're gonna all show up in like green from head to toe with like <laughs> a bunch of shit for them to sign and we're just gonna like get have normal. a chill dinner and like really enjoy yeah. ourselves because my goal is to be able to get him on the madness so I oh, need yes. to like yes. I need to like be calm and be normal so he's like yeah totally instead and also of, like, his, no. be,
2: his wife is like your age like you guys could be friends we definitely could be friends. She's, so adorable. Cool. She's adorable. She's yeah. adorable. Yeah. She's so sweet. Yeah. She actually went to high school with a kid that I know from work. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Casual. Yeah. Well, every
2: <laughs> now, you hear like these random things and people are like, oh yeah, we went to high school with, and you're like, oh yeah, same. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy that I worked with went to high school with Nelson Aguilar and they're friends. And I was Interesting. like,
0: that's cool. I knew a kid in college who, he actually, yeah, he went to Delaware and he grew up playing like rec football with Nelson aguilar yeah and i was like yeah me too that's cool what like that's great <laughs> yeah that's awesome cool wonderful i love when people just throw that out there You're yeah like, right
2: yeah safe. yeah me too. wow <laughs> this has been so much fun i love this <laughs> this is like one of my favorite episodes because like i just got to talk about the eagles yeah like, i just it's always so fun like i just love them and they're just so, <laughs> they're so great. they're my favorite <laughs> <laughs> yeah right i just got to cuddle all of them, you know just like I just want to hug them. You're just like, thank you so much for every yeah. all the joy you've brought me. Yeah, exactly. I can't
0: explain to you the kind of joy that you've brought to me.
2: <laughs> I'm so right there with you. Um, well, wow, that's really cool. So, okay. So, Eagles aside, <laughs> I don't even know where to pivot from here. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to say next. So <laughs> I'm just still like amazed at the story you showed yeah. me. It's the most
1: ridiculous story of all time.
2: It's, um, it, it's like, it's the best story I have, quite honestly.
1: Well, I it's, guess, I guess the question really, cool. really is like, where do you go from here? Are, do you still have a dream of owning a dance studio or a sports like? Or you're, no, are you going to be on the sidelines of all the like, Eagles games? <laughs> yeah.
2: So I've going? decided
0: that like my dream would be honestly to do exactly what Mark Farzetta is doing and like doing like the radio in the morning and doing the NBC Sports Philly stuff. But also in the sense of like, he's a Philly fan and gives his Philly, like Philly sports fan opinion and gets paid to do it. Like, that's what I wanna do. I don't wanna be the, you know, journalist that walks into the locker room and they all like run the other, other direction yeah. because of some like ridiculous piece like that Carson Wentz piece yeah, is gonna yeah. come out of yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't wanna be that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I enjoy being able to give my opinion and go on my rants and not apologize for how I think or the dumb things that I say. Because like that's who I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just where I want to go from here is just to kind of continue doing what I'm doing and hopefully eventually get a job somewhere being able to just give my opinion, whether it's writing or talking or, you know, whatever. That would be my goal. I I still love teaching. I don't know about if I'm going to own a studio, it's going to be way down the road where I don't have to rely on it for income. And if God forbid, like it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and it's fine. But I'm going to keep teaching because I love it and it's nice to go and let some steam off and move around a little bit. But ultimately it's just to kind
2: of keep taking those little opportunities as they come and hopefully they lead somewhere. I think you've got the makings of like being able to do something really cool with this because again, like we talked about in the beginning and in the middle and in the end, like Philly sports culture is just such a family. Yeah. And... Having a female voice amongst all of the other voices, I
1: think, is really kind of like a confident one at that. Yeah, like I said before, you're just you have an opinion and you stick with it, and I think that that's very admirable. And especially someone who's young and in this field to be able to do that, that's really cool. And you know what you're talking about too, which is probably the most important part of the whole, whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the, be- like the biggest things that, you know, you kind of figure out is if you're going to be able to make it in this business, you have to have some sort of a personality that's recognizable and you can't apologize for that personality. Like, you know, some people, everyone has their different feelings about a guy like Angelo Cataldi, you know, so every- some people love him. Some people hate him. <laughs> there's no in-between. Angelo, yeah. And, but at the end of the day, there's a reason that he constantly has the best numbers. He's constantly the number one show in the Philly area. He's so area. unapologetic, too. And he's been doing it for 30 years and yeah. had these and he is apologetically who he is. He has his opinions and he doesn't apologize for them. And like as much as, you know, whether I love him or not, that's something that I've understood kind of from him and I really realized that like I need to take advantage of. And it was something that I really also noticed actually um at my high school reunion this year you know I said I made some comment about something like in a joking way and someone responded to me and was like you well you can't say that on your podcast and I'm like I will say it because it's exactly what I would say <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember what I think it was the Sixers were playing the Cavs and it was the first time they lost at home this season it was the first game Kendall Jenner
2: came oh, to oh yeah there
0: and that, I was like, like yeah this is why. And, they were, and we're all like, why are they down by 20? And all of a sudden they show Kendall and I was like, well, that's why. Yeah. Ben can't keep his eyes off her. On, I was like, Jesus, clothes. this is why. And obviously since then they're like 14 and two when she's in the building. So it's like, okay, we can, Kendall, yeah, yeah, we yeah. can, we can be okay. But like, and they're like, well, you can't say that on your, I'm like, I, guess that I do you know it. me? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to say. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to come out of my mouth. And like, at the end of the day, obviously I know that's not why, like they played awful that game like I watched it happen I'm like this is horrendous this is horrendous Mm -hmm. basketball right now but at the end of the day like that's who I am and that's what I'm going to do and that's what sets me apart from anyone else trying to make it in this field is my personality is nobody else's personality yeah and that's what I have to like keep me going forward
2: absolutely like you're you can't please everyone right and if you do like you're your voice can get lost amongst the masses because right. you like I think also like sometimes writing those controversial pieces or saying controversial things it gets your voice out there even faster that's right. how you make
1: a name for yourself yeah, yeah.
2: that's so. really cool wow well this is an amazing episode <laughs> yeah. and I just think it's really fun to kind of divert from the normal stuff that we talk about and just kind of go into the, you know sports and just you know, something that you're doing on the side that's a passion of yours that I really think will grow into something huge. And it's cool to sit across from you and to see that. Um, And it's just, it's fun to watch your journey. So keep going. And um, if there's anything that we can do to help, like, please don't hesitate to ask because it's really
1: cool to see what you're doing. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I guess as a final question, if you wanted to give yourself or... um... The younger version of you, someone like you, a piece of advice moving forward, what would that be? Definitely just don't stress about what you think you should be
0: doing at any given time. Don't look at something as, or what anyone else is doing as, they have it figured out, I need to have it figured out now too, because it's so not the case. People change their minds so many different times and sometimes you need to just try out a bunch of different things to be able to figure out where you want to go and just feel free to, you know, take the risks. Sometimes risks are necessary and as scary as they can be, you know, it doesn't always have to be set in stone. And you saying, I don't know, is always an okay answer when it's like talking about something in the future. And I think that's the best, like for anybody. And it's, you know, what I've, what I tried to tell my brother when he was going to school and like what I tell my sister is she's like starting to think about it too. Like you don't have to know right away what you want to do. If some people do know what they want to do and they end up doing it and loving it, that's great. But not everybody knows. My best friend graduated with an English
1: degree and went. It, now she's working on being a nurse. Yeah, yeah. my it, cousin it, it, like it, went for fashion design and now she's like a spin instructor. instructor. Right. So yeah, that's yeah, a great piece of advice. And love those
2: changes. Yeah. So Jesse, where can people find you?
0: So you can find my writing on prosportsnotes.com or wildfire and you can find the madness on either of those websites as well um you can also find me on twitter at run this town t-o-w-n-e 13 or on instagram at jessica double underscore town and you can find all of our madness stuff there as well just by looking through any of my pages and any sports stuff you want to follow follow us there
2: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this little break from reality and diving back into what was arguably the greatest day in all (laughs) of Philadelphia history. We hope you enjoyed the story and you enjoyed learning more about Jessie and who she is and what she does. And as always, if you like this episode, please go ahead, give us five stars, leave us a comment, share this with your friends, all of the above, or one of the above, or I mean, I guess none of the above if you really want, but that's (laughs) so fun. Anyway, (laughs) check back with you next week. We love you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye.
0: Don't miss this huge deal in Old Navy. Today only get $15 pixie pants for women. That's right, the super flattering pixie pants you love are on sale one day only today for just $15 at Old Navy and Old Valid 12 27 select styles only.